Welcome back to Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Tim. And Kendon. What up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back. How's it going? Yeah, great. Yeah? Good. Good. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. How is it going so far? It's very black. (laughs) Nah, that's been all right. I mean, it's more gray if you look at the sky. Something all right. Yeah, February... Um, have we learned anything new this year? Have we learned anything? Have you new? learned anything? Have I, new? Le- well, I watched Glory. I learned that there is this forty fifth, fifty fourth, fifty fourth regiment that I really didn't you never know knew about. about that. No, wow. did not know. So this um, today's topic, friends, is Glory from nineteen eighty nine, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I'll put the timestamp in the show notes, but just uh, as a kind of a spoiler of our conversation, it was that per- kind of a perfect pick for black history month like i did learn a lot about black history <laughs> mm-hmm. so one a part of american black history um what else have i learned i learned that people are shit so at the law school here in seattle um at uw someone it was like I, okay so my understanding is like the law student association the black law students were gonna do some kind of black history month event or like speech or something mm-hmm. And so when you walk into the school, there's this like newsstand that is like right at the front door. And that day it was uh, somebody had like taped this note, like the sign saying white lives matter or white something and like never trust a Negro. Um, it was kind of fucked up and just irritating. Yeah. Did they have an incident like early in the fall or something? Some Republican group on campus did something super. They did the bake sale again. Yeah. That bake sale. Yeah. Thing. yeah. I. <laughs> this bake most- sale thing it, i think people should stop even stopping by it like it's kind of corny that bake sales should just be allowed to fade away or do you think it's that i mean if they did it every year don't, don't they do it every year no that's the thing is they brought it back because they did it for ours and we we like when we were there and it was a thing and then they didn't do it anymore i think this was like the first time they had done it in a, a revival of yeah, the bake sale yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you explain what the basically is to so our listeners? For friends, know. it's like a demonstration that uh, they have put on in various campuses, including the Seattle campus of University of Washington, where they will have uh, a bake sale and prices are based on basically pointing out affirmative, well, claiming to be about affirmative action. So mm-hmm. if you are a person of color, you don't have to pay as much for your donut as the white person would have to. So like... The, the prices will be like, if you're white, then you have to pay a dollar. If you're um, Asian, you only have to pay 75 cents for it. If you're black, you get it for free. If you're brown, you get it for 25 cents. Like acting like you're getting like, all like of these like, really handouts works. and yeah. gifts and all right. this stuff. Um, I want my handouts. Yeah. So they consider it like an affirmative action demonstration. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. I, I see what you're saying, Kendon, in terms of just like, don't let it show that it gets to you. Move on. Don't give them any fuel. Don't give them any oxygen. Because it's yeah. dumb. It, that is a particularly dumb. Like, there's other things where you can't, where you can't walk by on campus and be like, not bothered. But that is nowhere near as clever as I think they think it is. And I thought it was a yearly thing. So the fact that it's coming back makes more sense. But if it's a yearly thing, like, just walk past them. Just like the people who have up, like, the crazy end-of-the-world signs. Um, I was at court last week, and there was a guy. He wasn't a crazy end-of-the-world, but it was a, like, save your souls through Jesus oh, guy. Oh, repent! Yeah. So he had, like, a sign-up and a, a speaker, microphone thing. 
not a micro, uh, like a blowhorn. Mega- no, mm-hmm. megaphone. megaphone. Yeah, megaphone. Yeah. And some, I was leaving court, and there was like this long line of people waiting to get in. And someone in line was interacting with him, like yelling back at him. And then he was yelling back at him. And they're having this conversation. Um, anyway, I was just like, okay. Again, might be more effective just to ignore him than to engage in this conversation, especially from many, 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 many feet apart. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's that's what I can add to Black History Month so far, I guess. Um, you guys ready to go with back to the 80s? Uh, yeah. All right. Good. It's Tim's turn this week. Can mm-hmm. you roll the dice, Tim? Three. A three. Yellow. So that's orange. And... <laughs> In what city does the opening scene of season two take place featuring a wild chase between the police and Eleven's sister, Kali? They're in Chicago? No. Oh, this is, oh, this is, right, this is Stranger Things oh. also. I'm like, what, what, is, this, what is this was 80s? Um, Kenan, do you want to try? What the city? Question, season two. So when Eleven's um, meeting up with her sister and the, there's a yeah. chase between them. Detroit. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, wow. All right. Well, Kendon, you you originally said uh, yellow. So yep. why don't we go with that? Wait, wait, wait. What I did say, say originally yellow. But you did. Oh, it's orange. Yeah. He landed on orange. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What duo sang the hit 1981 song Kiss on My List, which includes the lyric, because your kiss is what Hall I notes, miss right? when I turn off the light. Correct. Hall and Oates. Nice. Give him some pie. Okay, so Put this in your right. pie hole. Congratulations, you have eighty knowledge. Love Hall Notes. If you if you're if you're not a Hall Notes fan, give it a listen. Go to go to your your streaming service and look up. Listen to some Hall Notes hits. What is my collect my connection to Hall Notes? I don't know. Um, I love their song Man Eater, and when I was like, oh, that's when I, didn't I was know that like was them. in preschool, I thought it was a real thing, and I was like, is it gonna come and eat me? <laughs> <laughs> Am I, I going to be okay, I think my mom, mom said, it's okay. You're just a little boy. Yeah. You're not a man. You're all right. <laughs> the man is going to Get in. I'm here. Man you heard the song? Either. Well, I probably heard about it. It looked something like like one of the, 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 what do you call it? Sesame Street. Like, I just thought it was like a, ah, uh, goes around and eats. Cookie <laughs> Monster for men. Just eats men. <laughs> oh, man. But it's a good song. It's a good man, song. man Eater is a great song. Oh, yeah, I think they are. They're pretty good. They're like um upbeat. Happy 80s type. Um, agreed. Yeah, All right. We're, we're, <laughs> you guys are both dancing. Tim and I are dancing right now. <laughs> so that's some 80s knowledge. What about some 20s news? You guys have any news? Um, The news is tied to what I've been watching, okay. which is I saw Birds of Prey. How was which it? Which I thought was fantastic. I thought Yay! it was great. I thought, I thought it was one of DC's best films. Awesome. Some good action, some good direction by Kathy Yan, who's directing her butt off with this film. It's colorful and like vibrant in the way comic books are, and it's all sort of showed up on screen. And Journey Smollett Bell is in it, she, who I haven't seen in much lately. She's good in it, and Rosa Perez is good in it, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is good in it. It's it's just a fun. Nice. It's fun. And my my favorite was probably Uma McGregor as Black Mask, who's like super unhinged and crazy. He's great. Now, um, you met him before, right? I did. I interviewed him before. One of my favorite yeah. interviews was Owen McGregor. Just me. He's and pretty great. The best thing about the prequels, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's great. 
But there's been this whole backlash from these dudes online because it's a Harley Quinn movie. There are really no men in the movie other than Black Mask. Okay. And when you say it's a Harley Quinn movie, like she's it's, really she's the focus. It's about her. It is about her. She's a and these female these women who are like heroines in their own right fighting these men and okay. kicking butt. And there's been this backlash, obviously, from these guys on the, on the internet. Oh, I see. About how. Oh, I've gotten hundreds of pictures of empty seats at, at um, at, at I've gotten of empty seats at, at Birds of Prey. Looks like it's gonna tank. I'm like, no, there's no. Someone said people just sitting you empty seats. Because they did the same thing with Captain Marvel. Because mm. Brie Larson talked about needing, why do they just like hate women? Needing more diverse rooms for critics because we're getting more diverse films, and she's yeah. not wrong. They hate it. Oh, I can't be a white man and watch a movie. And they're like, oh, uh, I heard Captain Marvel bombed. It's like, it made a billion dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to like the film. But it made a billion dollars. Why, gonna, yeah, why are you hating They're going it? to make another movie. She's going to keep being Captain Marvel. Like, and so you Captain look Marvel's at the, like a woman. That, that's the fact. There are, and there are so many Marvel movies you don't. You're not required to watch all of them. And your hatred is specifically because, not because it's a bad movie. Right. You know what what I didn't love? Thor The Dark World. You know what I kept watching? You know what I watched? Thor Ragnarok. Uh Uh-huh. And Avengers. Yeah, it didn't stop (laughs) me from enjoying Thor. Yeah, but but Thor was still a man. Yeah. So you see these guys. So it's it's been funny to watch. They're doing the same thing with this movie and trying to take it and send out these, oh, I see, I heard that this happened. I heard that, I heard they're trying to replace Brie Larson secretly. Why would you replace her? Like, what's, what is the incentive of replacing Brie Larson? Academy Award winning Brie Larson? Yeah. yeah. Did she win? Yeah, Mm -hmm. she won for uh, Room. Oh, right, right, Room, yeah. What's your incentive? Other than like, oh, people on the internet don't like her. Guess we gotta move her. Like, the thing Rogan. now is right. You, you have to break her contract. You you better be making more money with whoever else you're going to bring in for this character. <laughs> um, and, you know, I I saw people complaining that they didn't like the outfits in Birds of Prey because they're not all like these superhero women in, in comic books. Their, their outfits aren't functional. Mm-hmm. They're showing hips and butts and boobs, but they're not. Uh, you wouldn't functionally fight no, that outfit. Right. You say, "Let me be covered up in case someone has a knife." You know what I mean? <laughs> and so when you watch Birds of Prey. Outside of Harley Quinn's crazy outfits, everyone else is pretty much covered up, and they're ready to fight. Nice. Which is m- one reason why it's probably good. But now, this is rated R, R, too. It's rated R. Huh. But it's not rated R for nudity. I'm about to go and support it now. There's no nudity. There's no sex. There's nothing in it that's, like, degrading the women. Did you see Hustlers? No, I never saw it. One of the things about Hustlers that I appreciate it is also directed by a woman, is you're spending time in a strip club with women doing sex work. But it never feels like it lingers too much on their bodies in a way that's uncomfortable. That like Michael Bay will have like a butt shot. Right. You know what I mean? There's none of that in Hustlers. And I'm like, wow, I spent a whole two hours in this, with this whole strip club sex work environment. And I never felt like these women were put out there to be oogled at in a way that... By the audience. By the audience. Yeah. In a way that's, that's, that most male directors would do because they're shooting this through a male gaze. And I think all, the same with Birds of Prey. I think the director knew how to shoot these women, make them look badass and sexy and powerful without that extra layer of, like, the horny lens the guys have uh, when yeah. they shoot this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's... It's, so it's been funny to watch it sort of repeat itself, this cycle of, like, not liking a female-led project and 
trying to like bomb it at the box office or say that it's bombing uh, despite it only being Saturday and we don't know how it's performing right now. We yeah. no, no one knows how it no one, no one has any idea how it's We'll see if it bombed. I hope it doesn't. But it's one of DC's best films and, and she's one of their best characters and she's great and everyone's great in it. I don't know if they're going to get a sequel, but it was fun. And that says something for DC. <laughs> yeah. Not all of their movies are hits. It so. looks like it, it's actually not doing well, unfortunately. Oh, how much was how much was the box office? Um, I think they're expecting thirty three yeah, over the weekend. That's not good. How much does it cost? But like, um, that's fine. I'll I'll check on that. But I think part of the quote unquote problem is more that it's rated R, which is why I'm. Which is more that it's rated, yeah. But right, if, right, it's well, already going to have less than. If you could pull it off for less money and still make it rated R, honestly, I feel like that's yeah. the way to go. And if your goal was, if it wasn't something you were banking on making. But here's the other thing is we, I, I mean, we do a movie podcast. I interact with you a lot and I, it was kind of still not on my radar. I don't remember seeing any trailers or anything. Not, not, I mean, commercials. Like, you don't watch commercials. But I get commercials. No, no, no. Okay, I watch so a lot see. of YouTube. Uh, so, yeah. And they, stuff like that. Like movies. That yeah. I see movie trailers. So I don't think that for whatever reason, whatever algorithm around, is around, it it didn't come up to me that that it was at all surfaced towards me. Yeah. So I didn't really know that it was. It's already out this weekend. I, yeah. I, if you had have asked me, I would have thought maybe in March. Yeah. You know, and this this is often, you know, <clears throat> anyone who's either watches a bunch of films or is a film critic as well will tell you that January and February are very weird months for films. Um, like, yeah. Bad Boys has the the record for a movie opening in January. Really? Bad Boys for life. Yeah. Birds of Prey, $97 million. They'll make that money bad. Well, They'll at least break even on it. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't this weekend. So. They didn't this weekend. That's but unfortunate. We'll see. we'll see what happens with the international release. And I want to see it for the black. I, for I mean, Black Canary, Black Mask. Black Mask is so fun in it. Yeah, it's so great. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's it's been that's my news is these guys keep doing it and they're going to continue to do it. And yeah, ignore them. Yeah, I hope people ignore them. It's just laughable to read to see people just say stuff that's just blatantly not true. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. Other news. So, um, I have news. This news is about Vindication, and it's a rewind from Wait, what is we this something I sent you last week. Uh, a coyote and was it a <laughs> raccoon hanging out together in badger. the wild? A badger, a badger on the streets hanging out together. So, it is totally possible that those dinosaurs from Land Before Time last week connected with each other to survive and for so it's chilly for making it to the Great Valley. What you're referring to is this video that, well, I, I came across this article with a video from the California State of Transportation, I think, and it shows a night night uh, vision cam of a coyote um, leading a badger towards the these tunnels that they've made that allow um, wild animals to cross underneath the uh, freeways uh, safely. We have those here, too, yeah. Yeah. And he's clearly he's like he like walks in, takes a look, comes over, and almost almost waves him over like, like a human. I'm making that waving motion that humans make or people make when they're like, "Hey, come over here, come over here." It's <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. yeah. So that is possible. Also, Kendon sent us yet another Eons move a video, but that one having to do with 
uh, dinosaurs actually taking care of their young. Yeah, there's that so too. So there's that. So vindication. But then also this is sad news, but I think I want to mention it um, because I didn't know about it until after we recorded last week, that um, turns out the kid actor who did the voice of Ducky, um, so her name was Judith Barcy, and she was 10 years old and murdered by her father like a few months before the movie was released. So I don't know that I'll ever appreciate Ducky as much anymore because I'll be sad about knowing as like little kid was like murdered and never even got to see the movie. But that's, I don't know, a point that I wanted to mention because I thought that's an important one. Okay, that's the only actual news that I had for today. You guys want to talk about what you're doing, what you're up to, what you're thinking about? Sure. What is it? Well, in my case... It's a show called, it's a Netflix short series called Rise of Empires, The Ottomans. And And how do you like it? I liked it. And um, so it's about six parts. uh, It's a six part um, series and it covers the, what is normally called the fall of Constantinople. But um, basically the show is set up. It's got kind of, it reminds me of this show called Mars. Mm -hmm. Is it what? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Kendon said it was Constantinople, and I said now it's Istanbul. Oh, oh, oh like the song Constantinople. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um. So it's set up kind of like the show Mars that we've talked about before that Shalia introduced me to. So it's one part interviews with historians and, and experts of the time period, and then another and another part being um like a story, a story. Yeah, with mm-hmm. actors acting out um dramatic. Um, reenactment or whatever um, and one of the historians makes a good point he was like it's called the fall of Constantinople but nothing fell basically the management changed right and so Constantinople for people who aren't aware was like the last part of the of the Roman Empire so the Roman Empire around 400 um, AD split into two parts one was in the east one was in the west the western part kind of not disintegrated, but like broke into pieces and became all of these countries and that we're all aware of. And then over in the East, it stayed as a United empire for almost another 1000 years. Um, and during that time you had the rise of Islam, uh, Islamic empires, and then a Turkish empire. And then those Ottoman Turk, um, Turks were bordering, um, that, uh, Constantinople's territory. And then they said 24 different armies from different, like, um, cultures throughout time had tried to uh, conquer Constantinople and hadn't. And this guy is the one who finally did. He was uh, Sultan Mehmed II, I want to say. And he, he was like conquered. That yeah. sounds like a fall. No, because the city stayed. I mean, he broke through the walls. They went in and then took over the city. The city didn't go anywhere. So fall is usually depicting like the entire city gets demolished. Yeah, there's, something like there's that. There's nothing okay. less. There's of the no city. more to the city. Yeah. Yep. No, they just took over the city, renamed it Istanbul, uh, started to make you know some changes. But the city, like it, it's a it's a cultural per- perspective, right? Western Christian Christianity would have looked at it as a fall. But if you were physically in the city, I mean, some things changed. But the I city didn't like come the, apart. Yeah, in my mind, the fall is when they take down their flag. Like it's not. It fell. That city fell. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's, and and that, that is still to me the, like what happened, and then they yes. put up the con- But like you're dealing with historians, 
who just like when you're dealing with me, like a scientist or somebody, and they start, you start getting kind of particular about things, like they'll say the Roman Empire didn't fall when people tend to say it fell fell either because of exactly what I'm talking about in the split. So this historian's perspective is nothing fell, just somebody else t- took over that city, took over the uh, the running of that city. It became the center of the Tur- the Ottoman Turkish Empire, which lasted all the way up until the end of World War One. Um, it's a really good show. It's really it's really interesting. Um, it's weird because I, I if you're gonna watch it, I don't want to like quote unquote spoil things that happened in history, but he did some really clever things. Cool to get around. Um, but the the main one that everybody should know basically is this was the first instance in history which um constantinople had these three massive walls um that is why so many armies had broken against and could not take over um he had gotten a series of cannons including one enormous cannon and this was the first time the world saw static defenses walls were going to be a thing of the past because cannons were going to break them down more cost effectively than it or more effectively than it was to you know put the energy into building walls. Mm-hmm. So this became kind of the end of the, of walled cities. Um, yeah. Did the wall fall? <laughs> it did, but an interesting mm-hmm. thing because because I knew it. I I kind of I, I didn't have a whole lot of this era of history fleshed out in my mind at the time. Um, but it, it turns out what happened was it it was it it would hit it would break down the walls. But then the defenders would go and grab the rubble and pile it back up. And once the the wall was actually broken, those piles of rubble are more resistant. Like they actually can absorb more. Well, they can absorb more uh, punishment because they've already fallen apart. So now they're kind of squishy in a certain way. So it's yes, it did break the walls, but it, but it, it it ended up not being as easy in my head as what I thought was. Oh, they punched a hole in the wall and then they ran in. It actually was. It was still. A, 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 it was an exciting back and forth, basically. Even though I knew how it was going to end, I didn't know how many twists and turns there were. Wow! So they make it very uh, dramatic. Yes, for you. and then there's one other thing. The guy makes kind of a funny uh, comment that there's a there's a Scottish guy who was helping the 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 Romans, the the Constantinopolians, um, in defense, and he makes like a comment. He's like, over this several hundred period uh, year period, almost every major war or major battle you're gonna find a scotsman <laughs> there's just always some famous scotsman um involved in, in all of these far-flung conflicts so that mm. was fun what's that I've, I've never heard that before i bet that's something that scottish people enjoy like probably tidbit. <laughs> this guy's his his specialty was there's people who dig on who who had a specialty of digging under walls yeah you know and then there was people who whose specialty was finding out where those people were and then fighting back against the people who are trying to dig under the walls. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I don't know what I've been up to. I haven't really been doing much working a lot. Um, this movie actually reminded me a lot of some of the stuff that is taking a lot of my time and energy at work. Cause it has to do with military and who gets to be in the military and who gets to fight in the military. Um, and you know, arbitrary rules that, have no basis in actual people's ability and science and all of that and more about prejudice. So kind of hit home a lot to what I've been working on. Um, 
but I can't really think of anything I've been doing for fun. Oh, I do have one thing that I can say is, so I was hanging out with my niece, and oh, did I talk about this already? The science, um, Tim, you do you remember me talking about this? The the science of what a virus is. No, that sounds just like be, getting a cold and like no. what that's about. Mm-mm. So my niece is four, and the other day she was telling me about how ears work and how how it is that we can hear, and she was talking about the parts of the ear, and I was like, what are you what? And then she started talking about a virus and colds and these like basically how antibody like what how do antibodies work and white blood cells and vaders she called them and they basically like like in my mind are like little Darth Vaders um, but she means invaders and there's this on YouTube oh, no no and she's, it's Netflix she's four she's four and I was like this is feels this is this is more than I know about how these things work. Um, and so there's a Netflix show um, that she found and started watching. And it's like these like crayon looking people who like go into how things work. And so it goes in and talks about a virus and they're inside of and anyway, she's she's explaining it and it makes a lot of sense. And I thought it was cool because uh, I thought Kenan would be excited. Like, whoa, my niece knows about science. But you were saying, Kenan, even more than that, it gave you like hope that like the kids being raised right now are going to have better understanding of biology mm-hmm. and understanding because like, it's true the way she's learning it. It's like actually making sense in her mind. And um, so she'll have a, yeah, have a better understanding than if somebody just explains the actual, the way the actual cells work in your body. Yeah. I mean, even through our own education, like your, your average person who's made it through 12th grade knows more science than somebody 80 years ago would, right? We understand how certain things work a bit. Might know what an electron is more than some people would have or what's inside of a cell, what DNA is, sort of. like. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I always was thinking about when I watched, like, Star Trek growing up. It's like, oh, calculus must be their version of, like, algebra. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you have to learn a higher level of math a little earlier on if you're going to be learning whatever the next, you know, quantum step above that is. And that makes sense to me, but also didn't in the way of like, but I feel like I learned it as quickly as my intellect was able to pick it up. But now I'm realizing, no, if they are teaching it in different ways and if it's like explained in a way that kids can process it, they don't, you don't have to wait till high school to learn about viruses <laughs> and like biology in that way. You could be learning about it when you're four. Right. And there's clearly, there's, o- there's always going to be a ton of layers of complexity that you can add to what she understands, like how the molecules are actually working. Like, but a lot of that is, is, is not critical for her to, to first be able to have that. And she can learn that in sixth grade now. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's exciting to me that. Science education is is progressing in that way. All right, I'm going to play you a little clip of it, Tim, because this is going to. But I don't know what a macrophage is. is. Over 
your body and then make you sick. <laughs> oh, like when my nose is running? So, friends, like... <laughs> no, your nose just runs, honey. It's not necessarily a virus. <laughs> it is a virus. So, like, that's sort of... Like, I was like, macrophage? Like, what? That's the thing that she looks like a dog because it's macro- the way it's portrayed. A macrophage is a white blood cell. Yeah. And, like, it's just so funny. And then at, this video goes on for a little while, but then she's just like, it would be easier if I showed you. And so she, like... She said it would be trying, easier if... Yeah. Oh, my God. So she quits trying to explain it to me and goes and gets the video and, like, shows me the video. <laughs> Wow. Like, Auntie, if you really show? need to know, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Which wow. <laughs> is basically like, yeah, Auntie, if you really need to know, like, here, you can just watch this. I don't need to tell you about it. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I was like, this is this is more than I would expect a four year old to be. Want able me to, to get tell you me. our um, my immunology textbook? No, thank you. Do you remember that we got like um, science for dummies for me? Uh, version and I like was trying to read that because I have some issues with science, science and the way it works. Yeah, because like one of the things that we've always talked about from that I've always talked about was um, like how I don't quite understand light and color hmm. and how like like color you see color based on like light spectrum and things like that, but like how texture and what bound like rebounds and like dyes and the things that make up those things anyway it's always been extremely complicating to me and yeah, so i try to learn more about it and not still haven't figured simple. it out yeah. still haven't figured have a science mind for it yeah doesn't make sense the way that everybody explains it. Like, it, yeah. it still doesn't make sense. Anyway, so that's something. I'm going to try again after the show. Okay. Huh? Yeah, keep trying. But so far... She said, oh, yeah, keep trying. <laughs> like, but... I'm going to wait for Netflix to explain it to me. <laughs> or my niece to explain it to me. Maybe she'll be able to, like, dumb it down to where I get it. Because I don't understand, like... Yeah, I don't want to get into it now. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you guys ready to get into glory? Wait, what I've been listening to, I've been listening to the DC Sniper oh, podcast. Yay! Okay, sorry. Oh, how is that? It's 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 monster. They did Atlanta what is monster. It? So it's, it's is it better than the Atlanta monster one? Yeah, it's different. Huh. Same people, but it's different. There's so much about the DC Sniper shooting that I completely like forgot like happened that it was so close to 9-11 and like people's immediately immediate reaction was like this is another the next wave of terrorist attacks. Yeah. I, I forgot that that was like a thing that people were like, oh, these are terrorists and they're shooting American citizens and mm-hmm. there's cells all over the world. And DC is the first one of, of many, of a wave of many and all this misinformation. And uh, the last episode was about the, the actual guy himself. Mm-hmm. He was nuts. So yeah, it was crazy. It's great. So he's from, it's a good podcast or at least the, the, the younger one was from here. Yeah. Yeah. Hung out at a park. I used to hang out at. Yeah. Wow, wow stuff. So if you're if you're in the podcast and you like true crime stuff, uh it's definitely worth a listen. Okay. Check it Speaking out. Speaking of true crime, this is a random but like the last podcast on the left mm-hmm. is moving entirely to Spotify. And Spotify just bought the Ringer podcast network too. Oh really? Did they? You know yeah. why? So they're making a push to have exclusive podcasts no. over there. So here's the thing is that no. I first when I was listening to like I listened to some podcasts on there. But I also, like, I'll skip past commercials sometimes, and I realize Spotify will know, and eventually, are we going to get to a point where you can't skip past? Yes, because how, how are you paying for that to be exclusive? I, I imagine the last podcast on the left was going to cost them a number to be exclusively on yep. Spotify. Don't and worry, whatever friends, that number is, we're not going to go exclusive. You can keep listening to us on all the We're places. not going to sell out unless we're it's not a huge check. We're not selling out. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to buy <laughs> We are not selling Spotify, out for less it. than... Yeah. <laughs> you, you can give you a number. It's good. So I imagine that that check is, is a hefty check. So then 
factor in you're buying the ringer network and it's bill simmons who has a, a really popular podcast all those podcasts so i imagine that check they said that was like 200 mil or something mm. crazy why i don't that's like how you pay this. for it i don't yeah, like this. So that's how you do it because the the awesome thing about podcasts because i you know I, I like to talk about it. i've gone back i podcast and me go back to like 2005 same it was great entertainment kind of, you know, kind of on demand you listen to something and be done then they started adding like an ad at the beginning and an ad at the end. In the middle, like, yeah. Or maybe one in the middle. Yeah. I was like, okay, fine. You know, sometimes it's relevant. Sometimes a lot. The more ads you add, the the lot let or the, the lower less, percentage yeah. are going to be. So I want to start. I, I skip past them, or sometimes I listen to them. In fact, I bought. Uh, what do you call it? Don't tell them. They know it works. Oh, they they, they, they have the numbers. They like already. the away luggage. Use- I finally looked and I was like, away luggage, good. I started Blue Apron because of Blue, the podcast. Yeah. So I'm, okay, I'm and I don't have a problem with advertising per se, but I like the, the choice of no, oh, this is not for me. I'm going to start skipping it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's something that's going to be taken away from me eventually. At Spotify from by Spotify, sure. it's going to be in or like, or like, like, I'm going to have to pay an extra five dollars on my Spotify subscription. For all of my podcasts to, to be, be ad free, ad free. Well, yeah, like, it's like also- SoundCloud does that. Like if you're on SoundCloud, like they'll have like an advertisement. Isn't so many songs? All of a sudden, an ad will pop up. You can't skip it. It just pops up and it's gonna it's gonna play. And 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 what I'm really worried about is at some point. I know first of all they have eye tracking technology that I think Amazon or somebody wanted to start using your camera to know where on your screen you're looking. Fuck no. And then Do like not wh- say yes. like vol- turning your volume down mm-hmm. to to ignore things. Like I I will go. I'll do all types of things to try to ignore something that they won't. They don't want me to ignore. And if they start finding that out, then yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm going back to my old fl- old, 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 old school audiobooks. Yeah, this I this mean, is probably where I'm going to end up. Then that, you're just not going to be taking in that content anymore. Yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting. You mentioned that piece because one of the things that I wasn't going to talk about, but it ties into that, is like location tracking, and you know, like all of these different apps that you put on your phone, any of them that you say yes, they can use your location. Um, they might be selling that information elsewhere. And like a lot of the time you figure it's marketing and there's sometimes where I'm like, okay, fine, go ahead. Let people know that I'm playing with this, like playing this game or whatever. Um, but now that, so the marketing companies that get it are not the only ones who end up with it. So like the current federal administration has paid a data data location company um, basically to know real time where we are. So like, because I have location activated like location activated apps on my phone um that track where i am at any point president trump knows where i am at any point like they're they're doing that and like i figure like i guess i've been expecting that that they're listening and that they're knowing but like i don't know buying all of that information is i don't know it's a little scary and so then you like take in the next step of kind of what you're talking about of like now you're it's recording to see where you're looking on your phone like that's that's that I think that you do have to have a, a little bit of an expectation expectation of privacy when it comes to devices that you use in the bathroom. So maybe start stop saying yes, you can follow me <laughs> <laughs> to all of those apps. Okay. So the other piece is um, the streaming companies 
are driving me crazy in terms of like how content isn't available anymore because they're all having exclusive yep. rights to it. And then like, it's not like, okay, we are exclusive and then you can get everything that you want if you come over to our platform mm -hmm. because they also don't have everything available. So like, I no longer have Blockbuster Video where I can go there and, you know, rent anything that exists. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> right? You're sad about Blockbuster? I am so. a little bit sad about Blockbuster. Like, I'm, I'm getting to that point because it's like, I can't go and just like, choose from a library of everything and say okay Correct. i'm gonna go watch this scarecrow video um and then like Redbox is an option but like it doesn't have everything i mean right? you, here's the thing you can it's just just can you where do you get it because like i don't even know i don't even think there's things you can buy on amazon like there's not everything's available right now is my impression like when stuff is available to rent yeah there's places you can rent it i think i i suspect it's not instantly available. i suspect that piracy is gonna have another spike I think it might yeah. because it's just there's so many you have to now have all because there's all of these exclusive things that are like taking content that you could get on Hulu away from there. And now you've got to subscribe to this other thing in order to get it. It um, might be a, it might be almost like a streaming bubble because yeah. I, I think there's more than because we don't want more bills. Right. Um, and so people are going to start. I mean, Disney will probably be fine. Netflix either will or won't but there's probably a lot of them like i, I don't know C cbs all access i can't imagine cbs it's be has a, a new one they they're they, 10 years from they now. just did a new thing where they have like paramount i think and uh what's the nickelodeon ones uh falcom viacom viacom hmm. they, they just cbs just announced like a big a big thing that they're so in addition to like the all access that they've been having now they've added to that so it's like literally rugrats that was on hulu is now you're gonna have to have the cbs one in order to watch it yeah so this is going to I'm, this is my prediction it's gonna it's going to feed a increase in piracy and then th it's not going to be enough money out there for all of these different services to survive a bunch of them are going to get winnowed out and it's going to come back down to a point where it's more quote unquote consumer friendly, where it's you don't have to, you don't want to jump through roop, uh, roops, <laughs> a bunch of hoops to get all the different sort of content. So, so it needs to be less, like a few less channels. Essentially. So, um, what's funny that you say that is on Slash Film Daily, they were talking about the CBS, uh, the new one, the mm -hmm. new streaming from through CBS. And I forget who it was, but someone was like, I really need them to invent an app that will combine all of my different streaming subscriptions uh -oh. into one app so that I can just like go and see my entire library of what's available in that one app. And I'm laughing like, I'm cable. pretty sure that's what cable was. <laughs> it's like, let me bundle all of this together for you. Cable itself HBO, was not a bad that, idea. And you can like find everything, all of your content and watch it. A cable service was not a bad idea. Putting all the channels together is not a bad idea. It was everything that happened in the it decades. Was, it was that after. it got so expensive because it got then expensive, it became a monopoly. monopoly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you had to pay Bloated. all this. And so then we started, okay, you know what? I'm not going to pay for all of that stuff. I just want this and this. And we started pulling out the things that we wanted we could survive on without the other stuff through streaming. And yeah. Anyway, so what's interesting, interesting is what so. will this all look like 10 years from now? What will it all look like 30 years from now when we watch another cycle of something happen? Yeah, I don't know. I think this might be like, a you know, every couple decades, some sort of realignment happens yeah. based off of viewing. Um, I've been watching a lot of TikTok lately. And <laughs> no, I'm so just thinking like, it completely goes away. You're like, let me get it in. Well, there's that. But mm -hmm. it, it is kind of like the there's some clever stuff going on. In fact, I sent one to you that I, I thought you it. might like. 
Um, but that means, but if a lot of people are watching that, a lot of young people are watching it that way, their viewing habits are going to be somewhat different and whatever settles out what I'm talking about from the streaming battles or whatever is going to last for a while, but then there's going to be people who, who just, that doesn't fit their viewing habits Mm -hmm. and then it's all going to happen again. Yeah. It'll be exciting. I suppose, but it's also an interesting, right? Because like tying that into the Spotify piece and like what you're talking about your phone and like me mentioning like privacy issues on my phone. Like I am, I am not trying to, I am, I'm at a point of not wanting to add anything else to my phone and what my phone does. Like I am at the point of wanting to separate all of this stuff out and, uh, not have total, like in 20 years have like just no privacy at all. Right. I'm moving away from that. I think. Good luck. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It could just be a like a losing cause, but it yeah. just seems it is. It's kind of scary. It like, is. I just I don't like it. I both I'm agree sure with you, like but it. then also, I mean, I don't know. Scary in what way? Like in the way of having no privacy. I like having privacy. <laughs> My privacy rights matter to me, basically. Yeah, I'm um, just devil devil's advocating. Yeah, I just I. I, yeah, I think they're important. Okay, let's talk about the movie. You ready? I'm ready. Governor is proposing to raise a regiment of Negro soldiers. Dear mother, the men learn very quickly, faster than white troops, it seems to me. Long time I'm digging. I'm asking myself when, when, oh Lord, going to be our time. We want them to know, Heavenly Father, that we died for freedom. 1989, Glory. Glory, a movie you've never seen before. Never seen before. Did think it was about slaves, and I knew it was about war, but didn't realize it was. I had no idea it was like this. I had, I did not need to put it off this long, friends. I'm sorry if any of you put it off because of me. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't, but it's it, not it a slave not, movie. Yeah, it wasn't not like, a slavery movie. No, it was no. not that bad, and it was not like vegetables necessarily. I mean, it was a historical vegetable. Oh, I get what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah, it was historical, and so yeah. maybe if somebody doesn't want to watch a history piece, they wouldn't enjoy this. But like. It was not near as bad as I was expecting. I was expecting like whippings, but not like the one that we saw. Right. So, which was just like not near as dramatic as whippings that we see depicted Man, in, you don't really in like see 12 it. years. They've made whippings really brutal in movies since. Now, you said that while we were watching it, but this was also a military discipline, not like whipping Fair your slave. Um, okay. So, Tim, can you tell us who made this movie? Directed by um, Edward Wick and starring Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes. Wesley from Wesley. The Princess Bride. Wesley from Princess Bride. Men, men, and Morgan tights. Freeman. Tight tights. On a young Andre Brower. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very young. John Finn, J.D. Cullum, Cliff D. Young. Yeah. What What and is the name of the guy with the stutter? Because I feel like he was kind of a standout for this movie. His name was Jimmy. J-I-H-M-I or something like that. Yeah? That was his character name. I don't remember the actor's name. No, his the actor name is Jimmy. Oh. Huh. He played Jupiter Shards. Jimmy Kennedy was the actor's name. Jupiter's a good name. Jupiter's a good yeah. name. Um, did you notice? So this is something that Kennedy and I figured out as we were watching it. And that is the music. So I kept hearing... What did I keep hearing? Little Land Before Time is what I heard was Land Before Time. I heard Braveheart? Kendon heard Braveheart. 
It, and I heard Titanic. Yes. I was hearing Titanic and Land Before Time. It's James Horner who did Land Before Time, Titanic, Braveheart, and, and a American shit Tale. ton American Tale and a shit ton of other movies, including he, um Avatar. Yeah. Av- yeah. So but it was kind of funny. And he passed away relatively recently. Yeah, 2015, I think. Um so back to back James Horner movies, which was not on purpose, friends. That's Mm -hmm. just a eighties coincidence. Um and the music's good. Like it's good. There's a reason he's good. (laughs) He's good at his job. There's a reason he's done so many. Um, okay. So which of you wants to give us the plot? Tell us what this movie is about. It is about the Fighting Fifty Fourth Regiment, um, Massachusetts Voluntary Intra- Volunteer Infantry. Yeah. So, um, Magic Roger plays Colonel Robert Gould Shaw, and he's offered a command position for the Fifty Fourth after he survives this crazy fight. Antietam, I think. Mm-hmm. Antietam. Yeah, he survives by like laying down. Anyway, so he, he gets up. <laughs> Wait, did he lay down on purpose? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying, full circle. Because Kenan, like, was by the end, was like, you know, they didn't really focus on this guy's, like, journey. He got hit, like, (laughs) but he laid down. He just didn't feel like going. He's like, "Ah, I got shot. He's like, does this mean I get to stop now? He was scared. He was scared. Yeah. Okay. No, he he didn't. He he wasn't a coward. Um, He actually got hit, right? I think it comes full circle. He had had a little bit of stitches. I think what. He could have kept fighting. I think what the movie tries to put in there, he was a bit of a coward in the beginning. But at the end. Yeah. When he when he when he says that the, the 54th will do this pretty much, you know. Yeah. A mission, a mission that's the dead on arrival is this moment where he comes full circle. Yeah. Gotcha. Which is why I was laughing cuz Kendon was like this movie's really not about him and him like his story and full circle or something and I was like, "Um, are you kidding?" Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I didn't I, I, literally it's like as he's running right. up the hill <laughs> right. charging and I'm like, "Honey, I didn't interpret it. Maybe I looked away for a half a second, but I didn't interpret it the way you guys did because so, I was like, "Oh, he got shot, he got injured." Okay. But I didn't yeah. realize I didn't get the point of Oh, he wasn't really in it. Before. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. like hiding behind bodies. He's, he's a rich kid, and that's what, and that's what, 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 what Denzel alludes to later on, by him just being a rich kid and and playing army. But then you get in this real war, and it's it hits the fan. Now what? Mm-hmm. That's why he has sort of this PTSD. Later on, when the the window closes and he jumps, yep. And then later on, when when the soldiers get their guns, and he's having this moment of like. They're, they're, they're playing and they are they're playing, playing with their guns. They are playing with their <laughs> they're guns. They're reenacting them. He's just having this moment of like, yo. Yeah. I was out there and it's not like that. Even mm-hmm. when 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 the, the guy with the stutter is Jupiter. shooting. Yeah. He's just like. That yeah, was that a was, really effective scene. I actually appreciated goes. that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So, yeah. So, this, uh, this, he's taking charge of the first black. Um, all black. First all, all black regiment. black regiment. The 54th. And... I forgot there was a time where he, black people weren't allowed to serve in the military. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard those stories. Mm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the way you said that makes me think, I forgot that there was a time where there was no black people in the NFL. Yeah. Whoa. I heard those stories yeah. as well. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's trying to prepare them for war because uh, at this point he's been in the war. He's been in the battle. And uh, the Civil War is happening, obviously. Yeah. And he realizes that the army's not treating them the same not giving them uniforms not giving them shoes not paying them equally um so he's fighting for them and saying i need to get these soldiers prepared for war here's a question well i have a question about that but if you're just doing the plot then i won't get into it now okay so 
Is it so? Yeah, the army isn't, or the military is not supplying them Mm-mm. and not taking them seriously, and that's not fair. But at the same time, the military is not planning to let them fight. So it is kind of makes sense to me. Like you're not going to waste resources if your if your intention is not to let them actually go into battle. So that makes sense to me. But they want to fight and they want to go into battle. So then it's like, nope, we want to be treated the same. But also, this this isn't a war that they knew they were going to win. It's like, so if it was something you knew you're going to win, like if you're if you're the the if you're you know the Golden State Warriors and you know you're a really good team and you got to go on the bench who's on your team because he's a cool kid, you know he's never going to play any any meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily prep him the same. You know, I'm not gonna prep them like you're gonna prep Steph and everybody else, right? Because you feel like we're gonna beat this team. But if you if you're showing up in an NBA Finals and you're like, I don't know if we can win, and I might need the tenth guy on the bench, yeah, I'm gonna prep you differently. And I think with Civil especially War, especially was, especially because in this case, the players die, people are dying, yeah. like it's, it's these high casualties. And so why not? The the reason for not prepping them wasn't like we don't want them. It was just racism. Oh, it was absolutely so racist. Out. It had yeah. no, it's no logic to it other mm-hmm. than like, oh, we're racist. So I don't know if you caught it at the beginning and, and he's right. So they, we didn't know, it, we all know that, that the North won the civil war now. Right. But in mm-hmm. the time it wasn't an obvious thing. And I believe Antietam where he was injured was a loss. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there was a loss before it. And then like another loss after. So and I think they lost were, the this movie. <laughs> well, well, yeah, the, the, you know what I mean? There's that too. So they weren't even on, the they weren't even on the the victorious march at that point. No, yeah. They were back on their on their heels. Yet they were like, these guys are never gonna fight. And yeah, it's like, it doesn't make sense that they're holding them back. It, yeah, why? Because so you then, need as many bodies as you possibly can. Okay, so then there's the Matthew Broderick having been in battle, having seen it, having been not shell shocked, but like, um, like seen it and been like, oh shit, this is this is what this is really is about and mm-hmm. what it's like. So now he is in charge of getting these guys ready. Right. So, and, and with the idea that they are going to fight. Right. And his tactics, it's really interesting watching Carrie Elwes, who is his friend who grew up with him. Mm-hmm. And then Thomas, who was also their friend. Mm-hmm. So you've got Thomas, who's like on the line, learning to be a soldier. You've he's got terrible. Carrie Elwes, <laughs> who he's bad at it. Carrie Elwes. He should have been military his, intelligence. Like, yeah, who's like his friend um, and not kind of like not always serious friend. Mm-hmm. And then you got Matt Broderick. And it's like, who was right in the moments of like, Carrie was being like, you don't have to be so hard on them and don't be so cruel and don't use a whip on this group. Um, yeah. And a, he was like, right. He, was he right or was well, Matthew was he right? right? I don't know. Was about, he right? Like, he was I've right about not using a like whip I on would him. treat everybody else. You, you punish him, but you don't use a whip. Find a different type but of punishment. You find a different group. type of punishment. But do you have that? Do you have that latitude, like for the infraction that he committed, which was desertion or That's something? What they're accusing him of yeah. Yeah, he did. Do you have the? Can you go and do but it's something more like a wall? He wasn't yeah. not coming back, but yeah. Right, but I think that AWOL is like the collo- uh, colloquialism for whatever the case is. Would you have whipped a white soldier for that? Yes. yes. Would have whipped the white soldier? Yes, that's that's what was the standard punishment. I think that was, was the understanding was like you would have been whipped or you would have been shot. Right. And so, but yeah, I think that that was a thing of like, because they, they also hire like that one guy to kind yeah, of help the, like like really get the, the Irish shit. guy. Yeah. Um, and oh, it would have been funny if he was a Scotsman. Um, <laughs> Good call. So you know, and then, like he's like definitely racist, but like just mean in general, and like calling them women and like yelling at them. And again, Carrie Elwes being like, "Is he the right person?" Um, but like, I don't know. Is he treating them the same as he treats the other soldiers, the I'm, white soldiers? I'm very confident that that because it was a flogging, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was the 
standard uh, for that particular infraction. It reminds me of Starship Troopers, even. Yeah, so just in general, it was... Remember when he when they have to flog him after he lets that oh, guy that's die? Right. Yeah, 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 I forgot about that. So, yeah, so, like, the way that they were training them and pushing them and drilling them and then the, the flogging on top of it, like, if that is what they did to the white soldiers, too... Should they but be? Also, but because also, it's interesting, you probably. didn't you you brought up earlier the the whole diversity bake sale thing, right? And now if you're going to be like, but it doesn't have to be lesser I, treatment; it can be different treatment. Like the idea is not to not punish him; it's but it'll, they it'll don't do it by whipping him. It'll immediately be thought of as as lesser treatment, especially if you're going from corporal punishment to anything else. And the white soldiers all say, "Oh well." For whatever reason, we're not going to hit them. I'm, I'm just saying, like within an organization, if you start treating people differently, yeah, and I think then that that'll break certain like bonds of respect and, or this or and, whatever. And on a, on, a, on a sort of macro look, like the idea that that like Matthew Broderick didn't have control of his black soldiers was going to be a thing if he yeah, didn't have control. Yeah, there's that too. So he can't have an incident where Denzel runs off because no. like look at these black savages. I mean, think about it. We're we slavery is still a thing that's happening, and so. Even though people who lived in the North, the idea of black people not being smart enough, being savages, it that was nationwide. Like yeah. that didn't go because the North didn't have slavery. It didn't mean that those these ideas weren't there. And so you're you're dealing with these white soldiers who have some of these ideas, who clearly don't feel like they need equal treatment. You can't have these guys going AWOL. And you know what? It's, and you I remember I said that, I felt like it was one of, of the more different. I, I referred to what I thought was one of the more the most important scenes in the movie, which happens later when they get down to Georgia and there's another yeah. officer who has more like a more hastily put together group of black soldiers who clearly doesn't care about giving them any like like keeping unit discipline. He says he, so they're never going to fight. So their point is not to yeah, they're not disciplined to actually fight. Their their role is to go scavenge but they're but they're wearing the same uniforms, right? Do they have they're uniforms? Little, they have uniforms. They're they have uniforms, uniforms. Yeah. right? And so the woman in the south, or in, in that city, who they who they like loot the houses and burn, she sees them all the same, yeah. right? Just because you have some over here who are well disciplined as a unit, and these other ones are out here just acting an ass and yeah. and, and whatever. So I I think that's why it was so important that they be treated um, exactly the same, even despite the fact that whipping a former slave with whip uh, uh, scars all over his back. For, for, right. Like that is why it's a, that's what's great about like a movie in a situation like this is to really like say, this is why th- these are two different concepts that you have to somehow um, bring together. Here and, is my, what I have to offer to this. Yeah. A what ounce of prevention is worth a, What's the rest of that? Pound of cure. There you go. This is the kind of thing, like, we. there are protocols in place for when a soldier deserts or leaves if or, you know, whatever. If you are about to go into leading the first black soldiers, you should probably have an idea of what you're going to do if one of them runs. And if it's going to be a whipping, you, you should have, like, you should be thinking about that beforehand so it's Who? not at the time Wh- whoever's in charge thinking so probably, about it it's it's, it's not something you have to think of yeah. it's something Such you should think the, of you can assume that i mean they ha- you can assume that that might happen I don't, yeah exactly yeah but so you, then you, you should have a plan on like how you're going to deal with it because you know they like, have you a, plan. Have a that's different the, population the, that's the, plan. You the plan is yeah that's the if that was the if that's the rule for the military i understand why they did it no but the rule was also just to shoot them no 
That would have been. He was. I, I don't. I don't know how they could tell, but he was gonna come back. He was. You're right. It's more like a wall. It wasn't he was like for he left to go and find a new home. He didn't leave to go and live in California and say, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna be in the army anymore." Yeah. It was a different. Later on, we found out out from Morgan Freeman that he went looking for shoes. Yeah, yeah. So I think I guess my my the the thing that matters in this to me is that Matthew Broderick. It when this is happening, it's like for the first time you've got Carrie Elwes being like, "You can't do this, not to them," and Matthew Broderick feeling kind of conflicted about it, like, "Oh." Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I've, but by then, it's too late. So I've, maybe he had gone in thinking, this is what I'm going to do. Then he shouldn't be bothered by that's what he was doing. Until you see something until happening. You see it. And I feel like... In, and the other soldiers are watching. Carrie Elwes's character, as much as I liked him, he was maybe in there, in this case, in this scene, was there to make the, the, the contrast. Because as somebody in the military, I don't know what he was expecting him to, to do. Other than the fact that he knew that, I mean, it's there almost like he could put that. He could put that on. Make him do a can, lot of push-ups. No, no, no. He <laughs> can he can put this on Matthew Broderick because in the end, the buck stops with Matthew Broderick, not with him. Mm-hmm. So he can say, "Oh, you shouldn't do this," but he's not offering another option, and I really don't know what other option. Right. Corporal uh, punishment was a thing in militaries of that time. Yeah. For the white soldiers, so and, and, I, and I imagine there's been. The stories that these black soldiers have been telling the whole time they've been there about whippings, yeah. about these. So they've heard these stories, they've heard them tell these stories, and so now you have to go whip somebody. And I think that was Bodrick sort of like, oh, I'm having to do this thing that I've heard so much horror about from these people that were fighting. Yeah, I have to then discipline him this way. Yeah, who who has volunteered to be here? Because this is already after the point of they find out from the. The announcement from the South of we're going to kill everybody that we yeah. get a, a if hold of. find a Negro who's in uniform, we'll kill them. If they're just not uniform, we'll take them back. You'll be a slave again. Yeah. And we're going to kill any white, any white soldier who's leading them. Yeah. And so and, then they had the opportunity to leave. Like They're like, we'll, we will accept any of your resignations. And so like this is somebody who stayed after that. But they're going to leave and go where? Leave and do what? Let me go back to what they were doing. This is okay. So let's get into that. Well, wait, wait, before we, we go, before plot. we go past, because I wanted to say, and this might be too on the nose, but I would have been interested to see like a scene constructed around that having been um, Andre Brower's character. Yeah. Mm. Right. Like, not that I want to see just a free black man whipped, but if you're bringing all of these elements, the together, life he was going back to would have been vastly different. Right. And and yeah, versus like. Margaret Morgan Freeman, who was digging graves, or yeah. Denzel, who had been living on his own since he was twelve, or that little kid who's a drummer, or the guy who stutters. Like, what, yeah. what, what life are they going back to? But we know Thomas is going back to a life with parties, and you know he's in rooms with with Frederick Douglass. Like, oh man, okay, the Frederick Douglass <laughs> thing was so funny because the way that he introduced, like, was introduced, they like walk up. And he just turns around. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be Hello, like, oh. I'm historical figure yeah. Frederick yeah, Douglass. You didn't know, if, you, <laughs> if you didn't know who was important, you know now. <laughs> okay, so let's finish the plot. Oh, so the plot is, yeah. So they're about. training and then they ended up, you know, they, they go. We've talked about it already. They, they end up going. It's a Virginia, meaning this other group. They end up in South Carolina. Is that what they end up at? Mm-hmm. Georgia. So. Georgia? No, at the mm-hmm. end. Well, they go across to Georgia to across do the, some scavenging. Yeah, but some scavenging. Fort Wagner is in yeah. oh, okay. South Carolina, I think. 
So yeah, so they end up, there's this battle, and they, they explain to him, they've got all these cannons and all these weapons and a thousand soldiers, and we need we need to attack them from the sea, but we need someone to sort of distract them for a little bit. I, I think we're jumping a little too far ahead, because they, I, I wanted, I'd want to say something about the first time they actually see combat. Oh, oh the, 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 they see combat. I'm saying they see combat. It ends up ending with them having to do this sort of like kamikaze mission where they're not going to make right. it yeah. at the end and they volunteer volunteers for these men who all seem ready and they all go in the battle and that's how the movie ends yeah. they go into this battle and it doesn't go well for them yeah very short synopsis it's the story of the very first all black but you can read about them you can look it up the 54th they're great yeah it's, great. it's not like a it's not it's not fictional right i no? mean there's pieces to it Obviously. but it's here's here's some of what they faced and here's a battle that they the major battle that they participated in mm-hmm. and you know what i intended to do which i um i didn't get around to doing but i'm curious outside of um matthew broderick's character how many of these were real characters i was wondering about that too. historical yeah. figures and how many were created yeah, yeah he and wrote then a bunch also, of letters his letter home was the best part yeah now i don't understand these negroes they uh they party at night and they, so I heard sweet. one they of them smile. say it's lit. Yeah, but um. <laughs> those letters are the best part because. But it, it, to me, it was a really good reminder that you know, as you know, progressive minded as he was, there was still a, a distance between someone like Matthew Bodrick and these young these black men who were fighting for him. Well, he just didn't know much about them. Yeah. Now, wait, I mean, and, and it's a sort further. of dynamic you'll even see today. Today, yeah, yeah. that's what was, yeah, yeah. like to see it in the movie play out as such, where he's like writing home, like, oh man, that. They seem to be, but the, the thing I, I like. Hold on, that, are you staying with the letters? Because I really want yeah. to say something about the letters. Okay. He says, you know, they seem to be having, being able to sort of disconnect after work and like have this sort of fun time. Yeah. He says, I think that's due to sort of essentially slavery. They've had this. This thing is your about, life. Yeah, this is your life, and like when that's done, you sort of you have to have some enjoyment because the next day is going to be more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and white soldiers aren't the same. Apparently, that they are, that's not how they are. That's not what they were. No. <laughs> well, most of them were there by. Tr- I mean, these. Th- they are all voluntary. I don't think anyone was there involuntarily at that they point. I don't know how to what I was trying to say, so I'll, I'll let you go. Okay, so the letters. Um, they start. The movie starts with telling us about these letters and that they're held in like some uh, museum. Museum. Yeah. So the letters. Was it Harvard or Yale? Harvard, I think. I don't know. But so the letters that we list, like we hear Mm -hmm. Matthew Broderick writing throughout the movie, are those, do we know, are those actual letters? Probably. We probably, yeah. Because it's an easy thing to just read, right? Okay. So it's not like they're making, they're making up the substance as part of the movie. No. They're real. This is really what he's writing home to. Okay. That's interesting. Because like, it is really funny. The things that he's saying. (laughs) These Negroes, they love Hennessy. It's weird. (laughs) Never had it before. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we, we, had, we had to stop marching past the Nike store. Uh, no. Oh, my God. They would stop. And they, need a shoe. they really care about shoes. Really care about really like shoes. shoes. I call them Nikes. They call them J's for some reason. It's weird. <laughs> it's great, though. Because it's, it's, you realize there is a disconnect for people, and it doesn't make you... I think sometimes, often people think that because there's a bit of a distance, that there's something wrong with it. It's just you have to learn who people are and how people interact, and the ways in which they celebrate, and the ways in which they engage in things that's different than you. It's not wrong. It's just different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's reminding people. It reminds me of people's dislike for Cam Newton. 
He's just different. It's not. He's done nothing. Right. He's Kendall's not a monster. Done nothing wrong. As far as we know, he's not a monster. Wait, are we starting to sound like Kendon? No, I'm just saying. Like <laughs> he's done nothing wrong. But because th- this is my thing with Cam Newton, that I did feel like I heard a whole bunch, and I was like, but he just seemed. It's not. He's just a and different guy. Like just a different we've guy. Been the yeah. same group. We've always agreed with you on that. He's a different oh, okay. guy. Like <laughs> you know, but if you hear people tell it, it's that guy, man. That guy. Mm-hmm. Can't stand him. <laughs> it's also um, a glimpse of just living with people, like, sure. and this is something that the military does, right? Or remember the the very original reality TV of the real world, yeah. MTV of like, yeah, you 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 see people in public walking down the street, going to work, whatever, but actually living with a person, you see a, it's lot a whole more. different side mm-hmm. of them. Um, one of the other things I really enjoyed, and we were talking about this uh, briefly um, <clears throat> earlier, was like the conversation that Denzel has with Matthew Broderick on the water before sort of the beginning of the third act where he says, I want you to carry the flag. Because it's supposed to be an honor. Because it's an honor. And he says, I'm I'm good. I'm not, yeah. I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting for you. And it it reminds me of so many men there, like, and we talk about, like, people leaving if if they didn't like, you know, being able to, you know, when Broderick tells them, hey, you can leave. Um... What were, the, what were these men going to go back to? So there's you know that. I mean? There's that. But it's also... so, And I'm so glad we watched this movie because it's the first time I'm really understanding it of how important having agency is and being able to be like, you know what? This is a cause that I, it really matters to me. Like you're saying, like, yeah. what am I going to go back to? If the North doesn't win this, yeah. what's my life like? What's your life like? So that you have so much investment in, in this and to have no agency to yeah. like help influence it like i can see why they wanted to fight and yeah, why they well, wanted to it's, participate it's outside of like america like, winning hold on the, like yeah. they could change their mind at any moment like i don't necessarily <laughs> trust all these white people to be like okay that's enough we're gonna never mind we'll just not fight this war anymore like yeah. if you care that much and if you're that invested in it like you may want to be able to be there helping make sure it happens Even so if and the here's the thing it. right is that up until two years before that point, that same flag that he wants them to fight under was completely fine tolerating them yeah. being slaves, right? Yeah. As a, it, that flag well, like represents the national anthem the same, already existed, right? The national anthem, the three fifths, and all of that. So for him, carrying that—that that was a flag under which he was on, in servitude two years ago, right? Yeah. So and it's like, not just like the Confederate—the not- Confederate flag is what represents oppression to him. Yeah. Both of those flags would. Yeah, both of them would. And I'm not fighting for you. Right. This is your war, whatever. And, and, and that conversation where he says, like, does it end? Like, no one really, no one wins. Like, I, I but this is, this is the, 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 my best option for freedom is this. Yeah. So we're here for this. I'm it's, fighting for this. I'm not fighting. I'm fighting for, for yeah. free. And, and, and it's for freedom. And, and to me, that's what's so touching to me at the end when they're all singing around that song around the campfire. And they're all talking and sort of sharing how they're feeling. It's like, these men know they're not going to survive. They know they're not going to make it. And they know they're fighting for something that they may never see the fruits of. It may never happen for them. They may never make it. Yeah. But they're thinking about the people in their lives who they've left behind, the the little boys that they see who run up to them, um, you know, their family members who, you know, are still slaves or were slaves or trying to be free. 
and that's their motivation mm-hmm. and it and that's something that you didn't that you see matthew broder's character have to come to realize at some point like oh these guys it's like not really about yeah it's not a political thing it's not, yeah <laughs> it's not like right. who's who's it's, in charge it's, 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 it's not yeah it's not i don't it's not I don't, about apportionment of of legislative sections yeah. or anything like that. i don't that. have the option to stay home yeah yeah this is this. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. We're we this need fight. To, which is why they wanted to fight. Which is why Thomas, who's living this plus life, like enthusiastically volunteers to do. Yeah, this. consider mm-hmm. me your first volunteer. Why would he do that? You know what I mean? Why a guy who's living a life? Why would he do that? It's because he because knows he, the stuff he has can be taken away. Can he, yes? So he knows. <laughs> it's like it's like, like none of us win this. Is it something like until all of, none of us are free until all of us are free? Yeah. Sort of. And he knows if we lose this battle. What happens to me? You know, actually, it does tie to uh, Twelve Years a Slave, right? right? Because in that in that story, that character was free. He was free until he wasn't. Until mm-hmm. he wasn't. It could fall. In, yeah, which happened a lot. I mean, Solomon North. We know his story, but it happened a lot. Yeah, they just, they they're fighting for something different. But again, I'm just like, if 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 I care about something that much, I want to have some agency over how it gets done to make sure it's, it gets done, and you don't just change your minds and be like, well. Never mind. Speaking of which, though, um, we'll settle. And there's a whole other aspect that doesn't even really come in here is that they're fighting for the women too, right? There's there's no yes. women in this military. There's no women in this military, so they don't even the 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 women who are enslaved or in danger of being enslaved have no agency over this. And then you've fight. got in, then, in that way at least yeah. in, in the military way. Yeah, and then you've got like what Denzel is talking about in terms of like running away when he's twelve, leaving his family. Um, and not knowing exactly what they're going through, but you can guess. And yeah. um, so this is a way of also giving back of like, I'm not physically there to help you, but I'm right. helping you in this way, yeah. which is huge. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. So, it's a, yeah, it's a it really, really is. It's a really interesting film to watch now. Like it holds up. I can see. Did, did, did he win an Oscar for this? Oh, I don't know. You gotta look, look that up. I'll check it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was really good in it. He was really good. He was really good in it. Very uh, an agitator, to say the least. <laughs> well, I feel uh, like he was. The whipping scene is where he does his most Denzel, Denzel. face acting. Yeah. That single tear, that the, glory that tear. tear. But, but like the way he he does this thing where like he's like doing like clinching his jaw, but then opening it like he just has this this Denzel look. His son does the same thing. Um. Yeah, he's that. There's the whipping scene, but to me, I, I I cry every time I watch this movie, and it's it's the scene at the end where they're all singing and Denzel gets up there to speak, and he he doesn't want to speak, and Morgan Freeman tells him, "Go ahead." Supporting actor for Denzel, he won. Uh huh. Yeah, I thought he won for support. It won three out of the five. It was um that it was nominated for, which is good. That's it. Um, was um the scene? So Denzel doesn't want to speak, and Morgan Freeman's like. You know, let's go ahead. And he starts talking about how, um, how much he he loves the fifty fourth, and this is kind of the only family he has, and he's never really had a family because mm-hmm. you know we learned earlier in the movie that he ran away from home at twelve as a slave and never returned, so he doesn't really have much of a family. And he says, you know, it really doesn't matter what happens tomorrow because we're men, and blah blah blah. He gives like this emotional speech and starts like choking up, and then stops talking. And it, the other scene that gets me is when they get their checks, and their checks are less. Uh, and they're pissed, and so some of the men start saying, "Yeah, go ahead, sign up, slave, for your wages." And Denzel mm-hmm. goes on about how you know a, a black body, you know, stops, stops a bullet stops just a bullet as well. Yeah. white body. Here's the interesting thing about that, though. They don't at the time huh. they were 
not planning to let them stop bullets. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, they weren't yeah. planning to let them fight. I don't know that they knew that they were... That they weren't going to go. And, I, I, yeah. trying to, the, the information was different from person to person, right? Yeah. Matthew Broderick was hearing the the talk from the other officers, and and probably some of the black soldiers were hearing rumors or whatever. But I think they all fight. thought that they were real. They were going to be treated as real soldiers. Yeah, and so uh, they start saying, "Tear it up!" They all tear up their jacks. They're like, they "Tear it up!" And this whole melee is loud. And then Matthew Broderick shoots his gun, and then says, "If you're not going to say payment, neither will I." He tears up his check, and he. I think that's the moment when he wins them. Yeah, he wins them over at that because moment. Because you know what? You're right. Because I feel like there's a direct tie between that and when they see him fall at the end of at the, the end of the movie. And they're like he, like the one who's like someone who stood up for us. And it, you know what? And I like that. First of all, he was a historical character. And when I say it wasn't all about him, even though you're right, Shalia, like he ends in a different place than when he begins. It doesn't feel like a white savior movie. It doesn't no. feel like this is all about. Th- them ennobling him, yeah. friends. <laughs> right? It's yeah. not about th- yeah. what they did for his character or to to make him more noble. It, I feel like it focuses j- way more on the rest of the black characters than to to make it like. Right. I guess he's technically the lead character by whatever like um, actors guild rules yeah, there are, for sure. but it's it's not the help right it's not the help no right because <laughs> yeah, I I thomas could have easily been like the magical negro who who sits with him yeah. and tells him all about the black soldiers and what he needs to and he's know like no you can't talk to me anymore yeah you're you're a line soldier you gotta work your yep. way up yeah you gotta get permission that to talk seemed to me. really mean but it's, i think you do you think that was the did. right thing to yes. do yes. yes he could he had to have his soldiers train like soldiers yeah if he wanted them to fight now he could have couldn't he have warned thomas ahead of time hey by the way i'm about to be like you're i'm going to be treating you the same as everybody else again an ounce of prevention (laughs) a little bit but you know what now that i'm looking at it based off what you guys said i don't think he was taking the military as seriously so even when thomas Thomas was like signing up he's not thinking about the fact that like Oh wait, wait, wait! Yeah, no, no one had he, seen war. He hadn't yeah. seen it, and he hadn't he hadn't seen whippings or anything like that either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. His, his his father was free. He was free. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, we're just gonna go to battle. And once you like, you want to talk about the first time they see action, like what? Yeah, happens. that that was really interesting because we know like like war has definitely evolved over time, but like the Revolutionary War, they would go to these big open fields. They would load up their muskets, stand and shoot at each other, right? And you moved on to like more like rifles now, where you can reload a lot faster. But they still wait, what twenty oh, yards? That like was insane. they're in the in these trees before they start shooting, and they're really excited. And I remember I said, I, was I saying this out loud? Actually, I was like, reload, reload, yeah, reload. You're telling them to this reload. This is not over. This is not over. <laughs> <laughs> they're like cheering. Yeah. Um. And it's always the amount of casualties are always just. I just think of guns as these things that when you have enough of them indiscriminately kill like a whole, whole lot of people. But I don't think they lost more than what did they lose? Like 10 people or, or in, that maybe in, in that battle. I think they said 42. 10% maybe is what I'm thinking then. It was, it was. He told the reporter it was 40. That sounds, yeah. But it could but be But they're injuries, all standing right in front people. of each other. Two groups of people shooting guns straight at each other. And even when they go up against cannons that fort and, and being yeah. shot. Like fifty percent is a lot, a lot of casualties, but that still means that half of those people went all the way across that big open beach, climbed all the way up these walls, failed to take the 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 fort, fort which was but in South survived. Carolina. I searched it, yeah, but sur- but survived it. Um, but that that scene, something about it, it really sticks with me. The way they they're like 
they don't start shooting until they reach a certain distance. Right. It's crazy. Well, like, I think that might be with the wider the the don't fire until you see the white of their eyes. That might be this war. It might be because like okay, so I mean we see that in the very first scene too. Like they are walking toward. I'm like, wait, that's the enemy. Like that's the Confederates on right right there. Yeah. Like, you're you're just walking up to them. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, think of it the other way, right? Before guns, you walked all the way up to each other, and then of course they they do a lot more bayonet charges too. Mm-hmm. So it turns into to hand to hand fighting a lot more than. Why didn't they have shields? It's a waste of uh, resources at that yeah. point. I guess. No, no, like the like the thick the the width of a uh, shield, metal, um, would still be punctured. That's why they you, they don't wear armor anymore. Because the way that they were, yeah, the way that they're approaching, I'm just like, I feel like I'm thinking of um, 300 and the Spartans and being like, you need to, you guys need to make your turtle shell and like walk together towards these guys before you arrowheads, start shooting. Arrowheads go through metal shields, right? So yeah. bullets. They just didn't for have sure. shields. And it's just heavy. And they're, they're doing a lot of walking. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually similar to me bringing up with the with the cannons in Constantinople's walls, right? Gunpowder changed the way you do yeah. defenses. Just yeah. changed everything. Okay. All right. Um, what, where, what, do you, <laughs> what else do you guys want to talk about? I want to mention, first of all, the first black voice you hear is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Morgan and Freeman is awesome. Is like, of course, he's the like, he's the first you're introduced to finding Matthew Broderick, and then he ends up being in the same tent as all of the other main characters, and <laughs> that Kendon says they were assigned to that tent. <laughs> it makes a it's a bit of movie logic, but then also. <laughs> Like if he's gonna Thomas be, and Morgan Freeman, the fact that Thomas and Morgan Freeman are is a is a coincidence, right? But then if you think about it, everybody and else who was going to be in their in their tent was going to probably be your main characters by putting them together. But by the fact that they were in the tent with Thomas and and um, did you Morgan think Freeman. that they became yeah. like their? I mean, so Denzel Washington, if he had been in a different tent, would he not have had the different situations that he had? In this movie, being the agitator, it, it would have been somewhat different, but he, but he wouldn't be the main character because we're we are focusing on a tight knit group. But by but this is a written movie, so by by we- <laughs> so by definition, he had to be in the tent because we because these these four or five characters who are in that tent are there to represent several major aspects of the of this fighting unit, right? So they, I would assume, almost all of them were amalgam characters. Mm. Okay, and um, then the other thing I want to bring up is the guy who is sewing up, um, is sewing up Mark, Matthew Broderick's neck. Yeah, um, is an actor whose name I don't recall right now, but he played a character named Neelix on Star Trek Voyager. I immediately recognized his voice. Yeah, and you were looking at him, and I was like, I'm not looking at this scene because I'm feeling. Oh, because he's head. literally <laughs> sewing up <laughs> his like, neck. Yeah, while while the other scenes are the other, um, what is it called? Perspectives in that scene are someone getting his legs cut off. And oh, my like, God. Just oh, yeah. Like, the oh whole God. scene is, like, uncomfortable. And he's like, like, hey, this is an actor yeah. from Star Trek. And I'm like, I don't care. Sewing, <laughs> I sawing through bone was something that used to happen. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Man. does happen, but differently now. But, like... Uh, and then... Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Star Trek, that is why they used to call bones bones, not for the reason that in the new Star Trek movie... What do they call them bones for in the new? Because surgeons, doctors, surgeons in particular used to be called 
old sawbones. No, I'm talking about now. Why are you uh, calling him? He said that now? his wife divorced him and took everything but his bones. Yeah. Oh, that's bull. Yeah. yeah. No, bones as a surgeon. Yeah, as a doctor, it makes more sense. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. What is your? Um, how old were you when you watched? How old I, were you when I watched, you watched it, it? I watched it when I was younger. My parents. It was one of the movies my parents were like, "You're watching, you're watching Glory. You're gonna yes. you're watching Roots. You were ten. Like, <laughs> well, roots then, might be what I have been thinking. Glory is. Yeah, Roots is. You couldn't do Roots. Right? I don't want to do Roots. You couldn't. Handle I think roots. I've. I you, think I've you, conflated you them before? in my mind. I haven't seen Roots. We should watch Roots today. Oh, no. I'm. I'm good. Kendon, I'm gonna need you to make sure she has a day off work. For Roots? For sure. I don't want to. Having known Shalia for years, Roots is going to be a tough one. Okay. Because you're going to be so invested in family. I'm not agreeing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not agreeing. Like, 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 like Vin Diesel, it's all about family. It's all about family. Yeah, I'm not, um, I don't want to. And I watched it a bunch in middle school. Just for fun? No, in, in like I mean, his, you were in like, like history class. 10 or 11 when it came yeah. out. Yeah, in middle school, I remember we watched it too. They play and I don't know school. how they let us watch it. I think we had like these like, permissions. Because they but, swear a lot and they, they use the N word a lot. Yeah, but we watched it hmm. in school. I remember being like, "Oh, I've seen this before." <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I'm going to get an A on this watch what on this day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it starts by I've, blowing out. Sorry, the like the first uh, battle that guy's head just like yeah. blown off right in front of Matthew Broderick. You're like, "Oh, this is a war movie." Uh, Kenan, what about you? When were you introduced to it? Early elementary school. Early elementary school. Yeah. Maybe mid-elementary. I, I want to say like third grade or something. So how old is that? Nine, ten. Okay. So definitely not when it first comes out. Right. You, it had been out for a while and then somebody played it for you? Yeah, it was my parents. Yeah. And they were like, you're going to watch a rated R movie. This is a movie that's important to see. It's this one. was your first rated R movie, right? It may have been the first one. That's what I feel like you've been saying. Because Malcolm X... I saw Malcolm X around the same age, but I don't remember if I saw Malcolm X first or this. Okay. And then Re- Rosewood came out way later. Uh, Rosewood is crazy. Re- Rosewood is crazy. I came out much later, like mid-90s, maybe 95 or something, but I remember we all went to the theater to go to, to see it. What well, was 97? Because I worked in the movie theater when it came out. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I will never forget my Rosewood story, which we, I already seen it, obviously. I loved it. Uh, big Don Cheadle fan. I thought it was great. So I'm, I used to take tickets. So I'm taking tickets, and this, this black dude comes in. He's got this young white woman with him. <laughs> they go to see wait, wait, on a date. On a date. <laughs> oh shit! I do my due diligence. I said, "Hey, bro, like you might not, this this might not be the date movie for you." I forgot what else was playing. I said, "You might want to see that instead." He was like, "No, no, we good, we good." I was like, "I, right. I've already seen the movie." Man, he comes out. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, brother, yeah, you was right." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> gave me like the hard dab like yeah 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 you was right we should see something else I was like fam it's gonna be a long card right now <laughs> I will never forget that I was like yo was it dinner in a movie or movie in the fam, dinner it because... was movie in home cause man Rosewood is such a tough and also another true have story have you seen it Shalou? I have not seen it no Rosewood's a tough one I bring up Rosewood a lot don't I it's good it's Fair good enough. but it, it's one of those like come on fam when you <sighs> stories like Rosewood and and stuff like the Black Wall, Wall Street. When you when you hear the true stories, you're like, mm-hmm. for real? And yeah, like because it seems so foreign. Is Rosewood a well done movie for the story? What yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, it comes off it's almost like a horror movie though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, because it was sort it, of. Yeah, what it happened. was. People live in a horror movie. Yeah, great, great though. Okay, so th- you guys kind of 
moved through other movies that are basically black history as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like Malcolm X, also Denzel, Rosewood. Yeah. These are the these are the rated R movies. And also, the, there's a documentary on yeah. Netflix now called Who Killed Malcolm X? It's, it, yeah, you're right. It started yeah. yesterday. How so, is it? Have you tried it? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try okay. watching it tonight probably. Um, but fascinating. Okay. Uh, my dad's friend was a bodyguard for Malcolm X Ooh. when he was murdered. And my dad was like his friend stayed with him for like two weeks. Because he was like, I might get murdered next. Yeah. When I was in New York at the time, before he came out to the West Coast, and he was like, yeah, he hung out. He stayed with my place for three weeks because he was absolutely terrified. So, man, um, this is uh, so moving on a little bit. One other thing I keep not wanting to forget is to mention some of the other movies that this director has done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like he, he so he ended up working with Denzel again on a movie that we've talked about at least a couple times on this podcast. 1998's The Siege. Mm-hmm. He directed The Siege. Siege is so good. It's like <laughs> so good. And you've seen that one, right? I have honey? not seen it, no. Okay, we're going to sit and watch The Siege today. We're going to watch The Siege today. Because Denzel, um, uh, who's the other guy? I'm, uh, Corbin Dallas. <laughs> but he's not the other main guy. Who's yeah. Denzel's friend? Oh, I'll grab I'll grab Yeah, but <laughs> Corbin Dallas. Annette Benning, Benning, uh, Benning, Bruce Willis, and Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub, yeah. And Asaf Monvi, Monvi. I can never say his name quite correctly. He's good. Um, but then also he did The Last Samurai, and Blood Diamond, and Defiance. So, um, particular Blood. It was. I was surprised to see The Last Samurai and Blood Diamond. Or two of his other major movies. Good stuff. He's got a good track record. Bling bang. Around here, they say bling bang. Um, I forgot right. about that. <laughs> I hate that line. Julia and I will never forget about that line. God, Did we I start laughing line. in the theater? We were laughing. Well, they had it in the trailers. So oh, we were okay. laughing about it before we even saw the movie. So stupid. Um, okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about for? Not at the moment, but it's a. Glory. Amazing movie. It really is a good movie. It is good job, guys, having us watch this for Black History Month. I think it's absolutely appropriate and not nearly the downer that Mississippi Burning was. Yeah, it <laughs> is, No, this is not Mississippi Burning. It is for sure appropriate if you want a movie that depicts the life of black Americans during that time, sort of what people went through without the slavery. Yeah. This is a good... Yeah, yes. This is good. You you get the sense without like even the whipping scene you don't really see him get whips. Mm-mm. It's all they don't show the whip. They show him his face. They yeah. show his face, which is like it changes a choice. It, it changes <laughs> it from being torture porn, basically yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, I don't know if we're going through like favorite things, but we will. Okay, go ahead. Well, I was just say for friends who aren't savvy on history and time frame, this is eighteen what eighteen sixty one through eighteen sixty three is when this takes place. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So right around the middle of the the, the Civil War is, is 1861 to 1865. So yeah, this is... And 1861 is the battle. The, like it, That's where it yeah. opens up. Uh-huh. And then you've got... So these soldiers are around... Not like it, not long after the war starts. No. Um, they start to, to be... Uh, the war well, of Northern it's been, it's been two. It's been two years by the time that they... By the start. Because even Morgan Freeman says something. They've been... He says he's a they've been digger. they've been fighting and dying for nigh on three years now. Yeah, like he says. Yeah, that. he does say that. And he's been okay. digging graves this whole time. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, okay, yeah. Let's move into unless you guys have influences that you want no, to talk about. Not. Yeah, let's move into favorite things. What are your favorite things about this movie? What's your favorite thing about this movie? Well, we've been talking like I just like a whole lot about this movie, but I guess my closing 
statement would would be that that end battle where they where they show their glory where they do mm-hmm. their brave deed. I don't want to say that I like that they fail, but the thing is, is that realistic. It's, it's realistic. It's history, and not just oh, this battle didn't happen. This fort was not taken during the entire war, mm-hmm. right? No. So they they went up and stepped up to the plate to do something difficult. It didn't work out. It didn't work out with the people who did it before them. It didn't work out to the people who did it behind them. But even Shalia, you kind of teased me a little bit when when they're walking up and the guy who had the racist asshole. Um, earlier when they had seen the train of or the the train of soldiers walking and they mm-hmm. had gotten into before it before they were allowed to fight. Yeah, but he he says something give like hell. go go yeah, give him hell and I was like 54. I got a little I, I got a little bit of that in my spine like you know that that tingle like yeah and she was like oh because the racist guy is <laughs> what'd you say is nice to them now or you yeah. said something yeah and I was like they changed his mind yeah. I was like yeah kind of yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so the, it was not, the story didn't have to be, we got them in here and then they won the day. It was, yeah. that, was that wasn't what the victory the, was. The, yeah. the victory was something different. And it's a huge victory that they, it, we it, got to it, have. It's swayed Lincoln into having more, that's what yeah. he said, the title card at the end, like it, their, their sacrifice got Lincoln to push for more. Because, because yeah, you have to well. think about my understanding they fought well like yeah. Yeah. it was a losing battle and they didn't lose as hard as they probably could have yeah they should have, have. got <laughs> like, like they did, did much to better think about from the from the white point of view um the, even the less liberal ones right they gave a thousand black men guns yeah yeah and told them it's okay to shoot white men with those guns yep. again an idea that that's not a good idea with something that wasn't just in the South. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Which is, again, why, in my mind, like, you what now? you're signing up to fight and die. But also, like, yeah, being part of the military, there is huge agency there. And, like, being able to, like, actually have um, power over your future. Right. And your, yeah. your fate. And so, yeah. We need, we need to ways, actually in give certain you guys ways, you, I have a gun now that I yeah. get to use. I can shoot you, white boy. Military power <laughs> is, is kind of like the ultimate version of political power. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. We need another letter from Matthew Broderick, too. Yeah. And, I, and you know <laughs> what? Lord. To drop this down or to go even further down through history, like the, the history of, of things like the civil rights movement or gun laws or yeah. something really match with that if you want we're just talking about malcolm x and then if you want to go from there i mean the by any means necessary Mm -hmm. right and then to the black panthers and the nra flipping from it's kind of pro-gun ideology to like "Eh, maybe a law for the negroes yeah yeah Yeah. so what is what is the phrase political power stems from the barrel of a gun yeah sort of thing um dear mother these black soldiers are having so much fun (laughs) He said, I keep that thing on me. I don't know what that means. They're making sounds with their, with their mouth. They insist on holding this Colt on its side. <laughs> it's not very accurate, but everyone seems to do it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> I told him, you cannot keep your musket in your sweatpants. <laughs> The letter is the best part. (laughs) Is that your favorite thing? Oh, it's so good. Because I think it really, all jokes aside, I think it really spoke to the the sort of disconnect. It's not a bad thing, but there was a disconnect, and he was conscious of it. And my favorite (laughs) thing is is for sure is Denzel. Denzel was great. He's in my favorite scenes in the movie. I thought he was fantastic. He 
delivered he did the denzel thing where he's emoting and even if you know that conversation with matthew broderick by the water then the end when he's when he tells him the charge at the end mm-hmm. yeah he he felt so disconnected with the guys but then you see when they're in battle he's even in when their first battle he's out here serving people <laughs> like all that rage is coming out and i i love that about him i also like does the he whole like flag? He does. I was gonna say, he picks up the flag. When, when, who is it who who first flag. volunteers? He says, "If I, if this oh, man Thomas. falls, oh, no, 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 Thomas volunteers." Right, like that. I liked that scene too. Yeah, Thomas yeah. says, "I'll." Man, do I love those scenes because they all know they're gonna die. Well, also the guy who's carrying <laughs> the flag cool. in this battle doesn't, doesn't have, have a, a gun. Yeah, I mean, exactly. he might have a. Gu- he's not. He, yeah. Using a gun. That's strategy. It means it's like. And yeah, not everybody in the military the or in the, or in this weapon. unit is trying to shoot something. Because remember, they dismissed the drummer boys. Yeah, they did. Because they know mm-hmm. what they're going into. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I, I need you to leave now because they don't want to leave. He's like, you he need does to that go. with Shalia, Shalia was like, oh, he did that with the horse too. So this is a yeah. funny moment. <laughs> like, he's like looking out at the water and like there's a seagulls and he's having this go. moment of like he's gonna die now and like he's trying to be at peace with it. And in my mind, I'm like, does the horse know it's going in to die too? Like I was thinking about the. He slaps the horse scene. on the butt and, and lets then he it go. Gets off. Yeah. And like I'm like, yay! And he's down, <laughs> and, he, and he walks to the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he goes. He to walks the, to the front and uh, dismisses what's his friend. His friend. What's his, I mean, his buddy. He from like, leading from it, leading but his, it. Yeah. like so he, 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 still It's is like there. they all know they're gonna die. So in this last moments with all the, that's what's so great about the. They're not all gonna die. This is such a weird thing. Half of them are gonna die, which means you both know you're gonna die, but you might not. Like it's it's yeah. it's basically a coin flip, but not. But not you really. just have to go in as if Assuming you know you're, you're going, going to die. So you, you like? Do can it. you imagine? No. Like that, and these and the other interesting thing is like a lot of war movies. I don't really know the 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 overall uh, statistics for like age of joining, but like maybe in Vietnam it's going to be skewing lower. Mm-hmm. But Morgan Freeman was in his fifties, I think, when he's making this movie, mm-hmm. right? The group of men who join this regiment are f- all the way down to 13, probably into their late, in mid, late 50s, mm-hmm. right? So there are people our age. Like, when I think of military movies now, I don't really think of me anymore. No. Right? But people our age. But, yeah, like, we drop everything that we've got going on, me and you, and we go and line up with the, with a bunch of other guys right. for something we really believe in and walk into gunfire. Yeah. And cannon fire. Cannon fire. And potentially being hauled off back into slavery. No, or there was no potential. Re- re- Introduced if you haven't yeah. before. Yeah. Possibly. No, okay. they said if we, unless yeah, you're going to take your uniform off. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, you know, I'd imagine there was, there was something to be said to be selling captured black soldiers back for slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably might rather that, edict, that edict probably was not uh, followed 100%. No, probably. I can imagine these dudes. Because the one thing, not to, I know we're going to end this, but one thing that I thought was fascinating was, I forgot what movie I watched, but how a lot of these people who were fighting the war were poor people yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> on the, in the South. And yeah. they weren't necessarily the slave owners. No, and so no. they were looking for w- other ways to get money during this whole thing. So they would do stuff like that. Like speaking of which, slave I, catching and all that. They were doing yeah. all kind of crazy stuff to try to get money on the side. I, speaking of which, I want to mention now that I think about it um, on the other side. I, I had forgotten about this entire part of it. But the the commander who's down there in Georgia mm-hmm. is smuggling things back to the he north. He is. He's yeah. exploring. Because it's a, of course, it's just because it's against more Americans doesn't mean the same shit that happens in all other wars. Yeah. With looting and stuff. smuggling things back yep. for money doesn't happen. It happened in the Vietnam War. 
And right. they didn't stop it. They just used it as yeah, a and key he used it to get into get yeah. to fight. <laughs> so to they could to, to get, get the battle. opportunity to be shot at. Um, I forgot about to do that the guy. shooting. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So my favorite thing, similar. I mean, my favorite scene is the Denzel Washington scene, like his face as he's getting whipped, and like that, like just everything that's happening there in his face, and you can see it, and you can feel it, and like. It was it was it was amazing, and then the other one was in the beginning when they're drilling and the mean drill sergeant shows up and is yeah. like, "Don't you know you're left from your right?" And he's like, "No." He's like, he's like Wait "No, a I don't." Who else doesn't know? And like, they, like a lot of people raised he's their like, hands. Jesus. He's he's like, like, he, he said front, back, left, and then he like stepped on his foot. He said right, and then he met, he just, he's he, like, "You're learning already." Yeah, he's <laughs> you're like, learning already. Like, you're not hitting this one. Yeah, he figured it out quick and like being like, "Yeah, like." You have you have folks who have just shown up who or were not many who weren't allowed to read and weren't taught literacy. Yeah. Who I don't know about left and right, like when you learn that. But anyway, that one is I weird to me because if you're like working in a field, I feel like knowing left from right is something critical. But no, maybe not. I'm not sure. They wanted sure people, uh, you know, oh, we're gonna learn how to draw maps and get out of here. We're not <laughs> teaching you left from yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know if you want any <laughs> direction. <enough>. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you octagon? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, that uh, good movie. Anything else you guys want to say That's about it? it? It's a good movie. Oh. I would recommend watching it for sure. Is it a classic or are it's we a classic? It? It's classic. Yeah. For sure, it's classic. absolute classic. And I will be in- encouraging people to watch this. Roots now, is up next. Roots. <laughs> it's not roots. You could do Rosewood. You couldn't do Roots. Roots is such a long, drawn out like train wreck of a, of a story that uh, you would have a tough time. You get through Rosewood and be dumb. You know it's over in two hours. Roots is like a miniseries. You're like six more hours of slavery? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not uh, what this is. Luckily nah, for me, Glory wasn't that. Um, anyway, right. friends, thanks for joining us this week in celebration of Black History Month 2020. Ooh, 2020 hindsight looking back. It was a good idea to let black people fight in the military. It was a great idea. For some, some people didn't like it. <laughs> Freedom, you know, the rights of citizens is to bear arms and fight for your country. For sure. Um, okay, so next week we're talking about, in honor of the finalization, the finale, the finishing of the Star Wars Skywalker 9 episode. Um, it's not a trilogy. Saga. Saga, there it's you go. Saga. The saga. We are going back to the basics with Spaceballs. 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 Probably so. one of the better Star Wars parodies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. So All that's right. what we're going to talk about next week when, Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back.